Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have special guest Reverend Paul Anbu, Associate Pastor at St Andrew's Kirk, Chennai, sharing God's word with us today. He teaches us how God's lessons are taught in love from the life of the prophet Elijah. Will you listen in and allow God to speak to you and reassure you of his love for you no matter what season you find yourself in? Hello everyone at Via Zion it's such a joy meeting each one of you again. A big shout out to uh Pastor Gershom and uh, his family and for the love they have for us and for the beautiful ministry that God is entrusted to them. As we begin, would you just pause for a word of prayer asking God to have our hearts ready to be good fields for his word to be sown. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you Lord for your word is alive and it's a double-edged sword. It doesn't only show us who we are, but it also shows who you are. So this morning as we pay attention to the voice of the holy spirit i pray oh lord that you would speak to us that you would lead us you would show us who we are in the light of who you are and i pray oh lord that we would be made aware of what you're doing amongst us we thank you we love you and we ask this in jesus precious name amen this morning i've chosen 1 kings chapter 17 and 18 as a passage and a verse that i want to mention uh, that richly blessed me that was uh, a super strength source of strength for me that pointed me to god uh, that is on via zion calendar it's nahum 17 the lord is good a refuge in times of trouble he cares for those who trust in him beautiful isn't it the lord is good a refuge in times of trouble he cares for those who trust in him he cares for those who trust in him i want to leave five uh, stages of elijah's life and how all of us are in some stage or the other as christians as we believe in god as we put our trust in him as we continue to experience god's goodness and go to him uh, to have our feet planted on this rock uh, so we can know that uh, he is our refuge in times of trouble and how we can experience this care and how our faith in him grows and how our lives are being transformed in him um, in beautiful five stages i want to present this uh, so the background of uh, elijah uh, chapter 1 kings chapter 17 at elijah's time is that there is absolutely no one uh, of god's people there is so much corruption um in israel that uh, uh, literally god's people are absent uh, about 7000 are hidden in the caves somewhere because if they come out and pronounce the name of the lord or do what the lord says they fear they would be killed and uh, elijah is one of them and plus there's one more uh, surprise that's coming at the end for elijah and uh, uh, so 7000 plus 2 7002 people are there in this kingdom but they are so scared of their life why would that be because uh, the king 
um, is just uh, joined up with Jezebel. And King Ahab and Jezebel have brought so much abomination to the Lord by doing everything that corrupts the Lord's kingdom. This land that was called and set apart for Lord God to serve him, to worship him and him alone is now a place of idol worship. It's just steaming of idol worship. It's just steaming of defilement of God's law. And in every way possible, you see every bit of uh, violations happening that God has placed. Every bit of law that God gave. Um, there were sexual rites that were performed and, uh, and it was just a chaotic situation. It was just an abomination to the Lord and the Lord hated this. And into this situation, the Lord appoints Elijah to go there. So my first lesson is for us to see God's care for Elijah at Ahab's court. God's care for Elijah at Ahab's court. And I think it's the time of preparation. Many of us may go in this situation. When God calls Elijah, the chapter begins with this. And Elijah, the Tishbite. God chooses somebody who is not from one of the tribes of um, Israelites, so to say. A Tishbite from outside. That's the reason why the writer actually puts that there for us to know. Choice of God to use Israel is not one of those 7,000 who is hiding. Someone else outside of this comes, God prepares. And uh, words of faith just swell up in his heart as a time of preparation. Just rem remember, Elijah has not seen what God's promise is going to deliver. But he just only heard God's word and he's going to the king's court. And here's what he says in verse 1, chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah, the despite, the inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord of God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years except at my word. Can you imagine what he's saying? The courage that he had in the midst of this situation, when 7,000 saints of God, when 7,000 people, prophets of God are hidden and their lives are threatened, here's um, Elijah who walks into Ahab's court and he says, As the Lord of God Israel lives before whom I stand. He's not standing before God, isn't it? He's standing before the king. You see, words of faith comes when your trust is in God. And when God calls you to do something, it is his choice. And some of us at this time, God is calling us to do something. And we are, we, we've been telling him reasons and excuses and not to do many things. But I want to bring out the fact that uh, Elijah went and he said that the true strength for Elijah is when he knows that any other power in this world is going to fade when he knows he's going to serve the Lord, when he's under the Lord God himself. So in some ways, we sing praises to Jesus, the King of Kings, isn't it? And that's coming out in this verse that Elijah says, As the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I shall stand. In some way, Elijah's transaction to the king was, King, you may be sitting in this power, but I represent a power that's above all of this power. And I want to tell you, in that God's name, you have defiled everything. And the Lord is angry with you, and therefore the Lord's going to withhold rain and dew in your land. That's an amazing statement of courage. That takes a lot of faith in God to even pronounce those. Ahab's name 
might have been mentioned in many many places in this book but this is the this is the first time we are hearing elijah nowhere in the story he is there before and he suddenly comes into because god appoints him my dear friend my dear brother and sister god calls us for a time when it's difficult when things cannot be done when it seems impossible when it seems impossible but he wants us to know that he is the true strength and when you stand when you and i go in his name things are possible and these are times when he is preparing us when words of faith swell up those are not yet in action god's going to put this in action but when words when words of faith swell up in our heart god's care for elijah was there for ahab's court and his presence covered him his belief in god gave him the strength and the courage to go a time of preparation the choice of elijah is amazing god can choose anyone he is not bound to choose only so and so or so and so we may think in our own mind saying i am not equipped he is or uh, maybe they are better fit i don't have the skill i don't have the talent god can choose anyone and he gives the strength point 2 and i want to move to the second phase some of us may be um at the brook of cherith elijah was at the brook of cherith god's care for elijah at the brook of cherith god says at a point in time okay you've done what i have called you to do now i want you to move into a separate place and in verse 3 it reads this way get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook cherith which flows into jordan and it will be that you shall drink from the brook and i have commanded the ravens to feed you there can you imagine this here's a man who walked into the king's court and he comes out and that's how the news would have been all around the town here's a man of god who walked into the king's court as courageous as he is did something the lord uh, said and uh, he comes out maybe the king thought who is this man everything is going well in our land i am the king and who is this man even who walks into my courts and he says there's no not going to be any rain and i'm sure the stopping of the rain didn't happen that moment or the next day it would have taken a couple of days or weeks for the message to have sunk into the king's heart and mind and for him to see the reality so god says i want to protect you i want to protect you leave this place come now you have to understand a god who sent him and protected him while he delivered the word of the lord in the king's court can protect him there while he is in the king's court itself but here the second uh, stage i want you to understand god's care for elijah at the brook cherith is a time of pruning and some of us will be walking through that is a time of pruning god's choice is to say and ask elijah to come depending on god again sometimes god gives us blessings and we see accomplishments in god's kingdom we do something we are so happy we are so great that we accomplish this and it may be the produce of our hands or god has just gifted us with a good result and sometimes all of this can point us towards our own selves and god wanted that to be avoided for elijah so he says i want to protect you i want to bless you i want to feed you i want to be your sustenance but you got to come to the place i tell you you got to come to the place i tell you god could have snapped his fingers and the ravens could have brought everything that uh, the ravens brought the meat at the place that he was but god sets him apart 
to a particular place because he wants Elijah to know that depending on God and making him his sustenance is important. My dear friend, everything may be going good for us, but God wants you and me to know that he loves us and he cares for us, but he wants us to enjoy his provision. Dependency and obedience will rise up at this stage. Somewhere along the line, when everything is going good, God wants us to know that he is our provider, he is our sustainer, and some things only from him we can get. Have you imagined uh, why God would choose ravens? The choice of birds. At the first point, I said the choice of who God chooses is amazing. At this place, the choice of birds are amazing. Why would God choose ravens? Because it's got a history there. In the Old Testament laws, many of the laws were given, close to 600 plus laws were given, the do's and don'ts were given to children of God to follow. And in that, there's a huge list of things they should not eat. And in that list of things they should not eat is this meat of raven. Israelites are told that they cannot touch the meat of ravens. And God chooses raven to provide for Elijah. Elijah may have thought and probably had a conversation with God. God, you could have chosen the lions. You could have chosen the deers. You, you had the whole choice. Why would you choose ravens, Lord? I grew up in a culture thinking it's disgusting. You asked me not to touch it. And the most uh, scavenger bird out of all of that is bringing food for me. And he must have thought. Sometimes God humbles us so that we can learn and depend on him and make him our only sustenance, but he does not humiliate us. God humbles us and he does not humiliate us at all. The choice of birds is intentional. That is a place God wants you and me to go to for dependence, for sustenance, and as an obedience. We got to come to that place of full trust in him for us to understand this care of God. Some of us may be in this stage that Elijah was. God's care for Elijah at the brook of Cherith, a time of pruning, time of pruning. I want to move ahead to my third point. God's care for Elijah at the dried brook, at the dried brook. For some reason, God says, time up, Elijah. Just imagine you in verse 3, it's beautiful, no? God says, get away from here and go to the brook Cherith and there you will have, you shall have water to drink. Remember, he's pronounced scarcity of water. There will be no rain. So God provides him water while probably the whole nation is going through lack of water. And at this place, the, the ravens will bring meat in the morning, bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. Imagine what a beautiful life that have been. You're alone. You're just lying down in the morning. You know what's your menu going to be. And it's going to be ravens bringing you bread and meat. And then you have water to drink. The whole day you're just lying down, probably conversations with the Lord, wondering how the uh, place uh, that you pronounced is going to be. And you're just happy and you're just sustaining. And you're just so glad you're just rejoicing. Let me say the other casual word for it. Sometimes Christians become couch potatoes. We are just so relaxed and happy with what God is doing. Every blessing God has done. Our prayers are so much about thanking God for our own selves. 
everything that we see we are not even aware of what's happening around we may be in that place and maybe the bible doesn't say how long uh, elijah was in this brook cherith but maybe the lord is preparing elijah well let me cut off the maybe the lord was preparing elijah for the next stage and for a certain reason god uses lack of resources the water stops the bird is stopped there's literally no food and god says time up elijah get up i want you to move to the next phase of life it's beautiful no some of the times when we are facing lack of resources god wants and sometimes he allows that in our life so that we would grow from um from one stage to another god uses adversity and lack to grow our faith and trust in him to grow our faith and trust in him there's no need for god to say i'm cutting off the water and the food because it's time for you to move and and elijah would have moved but he does that isn't it there's a reason why he wants us to um go through lack in some points of life maybe there are different lacks in our life and maybe we are in this stage god wants us to get away from the patterns of mediocrity get away from the patterns of mediocrity that me and my blessings would be my only joy in life and these times are times when you'll have to get up and move get up and move god wants us to grow if you're a couch potato christian then it's time for us to ask god lord what is what is what is your way how do you want me to grow for those of us who are feeling stagnated god may stop something steady that's been happening something that's already available a resource that's already available and i want to say god's care for elijah at this time was a time of growing god was preparing his heart for what's going to happen next stay with me what's going to happen next is amazing and you will know why you have uh, lack at one place so that uh, growth at another place happens the next point uh, and i want to move on is god's care for elijah at zarafat at zarafat and i think it's a time of molding it's a time of molding well god says you get up and move here i have set up a widow in zarafat what is why why would god choose zarafat because zarafat is like sort of the capital for everything that happened in israel at that point in time in judah at that point in time it was the capital of idol worship it was the capital where all the priests of baal would come where where everything is set there and it's it's like the topmost city everything is set there and influences goes all around so god has once told him he's going to go and tell that god is against all of this and now god is sending him back into the center of the epicenter of the whole thing that's amazing isn't it but god's choice to go to zarafat is completely different and uh, i want you to see this that um, god uses some of our life circumstances to develop his heart in our lives as well so we see what god is saying now why the widow of zarafat today's uh, situation a widow can be very successful there's no need to be dependent on anybody the law works completely different and there are so much of social changes that have already happened back then in the old testament times if you're a widow you do not have identity you cannot go out and get yourself work you cannot uh, risk yourself and go out to be a part of some other community so you're basically nobody 
you're basically nobody so when when god says get up i have i want you to go to zerapheth i have a widow for you to meet when he goes he sees the widow picking up twigs picking up firewood and she she she's just so poor that she comes to an outskirt to pick up the uh, firewood that she doesn't have money to buy and uh, when elijah meets uh, he the interaction with uh, her goes i want food can you get me food and at that point she says um uh, i i really don't know who you are you seem like the lord's man and so he recognize she recognizes that he is one of god's people and even in the midst of this epitome of what zerapheth is known for there is somebody who believes in god somebody who knows god that god is preserved and kept and she sees him and says i am about to eat the last meal and die it's very funny that you are asking me to give you the meal i have just one meal for me and my son we are going to eat that and die i am picking twigs i don't even have money to buy that so that i could do this can you see the hopelessness of this person and the wealth of god's care that elijah had at the brook of cherith he had plenty nothing to work for food in the morning food in the evening water comfortable protected place and here is something that god is helping him to see amazing isn't it god would choose lack to provide for elijah at this phase so god sometimes wants us to walk through situations where he wants us to see what he is saying what god sees god's heart for the poor god's heart for the widow god's heart for the ones who are really hurting in life is amazing and god wanted elijah to see that because for the next phase in life if he has to understand god and stand up for this god he has to see what god is saying and that's an amazing way in which god takes him there god uses life circumstances to develop his heart in us so that we could become a blessing to others what happens out of this stage is elijah pronounces something very beautiful god's blessings god's miracles are pronounced through elijah to her so elijah says you go fetch me food and from now until the day the rain comes in your land your kitchen will never run dry so she goes and she does exactly the same thing until the end of the uh, drought the till the end of whatever the dry period was her kitchen was full of food can you imagine what would have happened to that widow the entire nation is has no food and here is this one widow's house who has food food for the widow life for the son her son sick the second miracle is that god would use elijah to give god's life another miracle for the son beautiful isn't it god would use elijah who now understands what lack is to go and be a blessing to someone else who will also see that god has love for this widow in that place and also a blessing by the way a side kick or a secondary note is that elijah was fed to elijah was fed to god will open our eyes to see something that he is seeing and he wants us to weave our circumstances into something we may not understand elijah might have thought lord i was just comfortable here why are you moving my feet to zarafath and why this widow she is in zarafath why should i go and help her she is not even 
Israelite. She's not even a Jew. Why should I go and help? But some of those people living around, God might ask you to be his arms and feet and his voice of love. Just simply do that. God wants you and me to see that he loves those people. And for us to be that person of help to them is, a, is, is important. A time of molding for us. God's care for Elijah at Zarephath was a time of molding. I want to move to the last point and finish. The fifth point is God's care for Elijah at Mount Carmel. God's care for Elijah at Mount Carmel, a time of victory. Having done all of this, there's a chance for Elijah to meet King Ahab. Now I think he's understood God really well. And if God can protect him at the court, God can sustain him at the brook Cherith, God can really prune him and grow him at the dried brook Cherith and God can really speak to him at Zarephath. Now it's time for him to go and meet the king. He meets the king and he says, he places an outright challenge. Okay, you want to say you don't understand really what you've done? You've really defiled the name of the Lord. You are not, you've done things that is disgusting to the Lord. Why don't you do uh, something? You pick up an open challenge. I will stay on one mountain where the altar of God already exists. I will rebuild it. You, all of you, since you are a majority, you stay on the other mountain. Let's both cry out and call to our gods. And if the Lord doesn't come, then I will, what I say will remain. And I will also pray. That's an open, outright challenge. And that's a time of victory. And you see that uh, uh, as Elijah prepares the altar, he places the cut animal in front of the altar and he asks people to pour water. By the way, if you have um, lack of rain in the land for several years, one of the most precious things in the land is water. And he asks them to pour water over and over again. Why would he ask that? If you would think it is to prove to the entire land, to everyone who's seeing that, everyone who's reading the passage now, to know that if at all there's something happens, it is purely because of the Lord and the Lord himself. There's no other reason. The history goes that even Baal worshippers had an altar and it was there was a big trench dug underneath so people would go and light it up. And so when people see from far off, you would see God's uh, miracles happening and they would believe in this deity called Baal. But he poured so much water that even if someone tried to light up according to Baal's worshippers or even their priests, there will be no way you can light it up. And there's only one way that God in his power, in his majesty shows up and he consumes his whatever is offered to him. It's beautiful to see that God uses our lives and he gives us lessons. So he wants to prove himself through our lives. That he is mighty, he is sovereign, that he is majestic, he is a miracle working God and he is dependable above all. There is a time, my dear brothers and sisters, for us to see victory in our lives. Here on earth, when you represent God, there is a time of victory. When God's glory will be revealed to you and through you into the land. That is a time of victory. God's care for Elijah on Mount Carmel was to prove himself and all of what is done. And, and, and God does answer in his time. If you're waiting for an answer, here is one stage that his glory will be revealed. He will answer and you will see it. You will see the, the, the blessings of God, the glory of God 
and the victory of God in your life. Let me finish by saying these four points. God cares for us. He cares for those who trust in him. We we just started with Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good. Refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Trust in him. He cares for you. Just like the way God cared for Elijah at Ahab's court. A time of preparation. Just like the way God cares for Elijah at Brook Cherith. A time of pruning. Just like the way God cares for Elijah at the dried brook of Cherith. A time of growing. Just like the way God cared for Elijah at Zarephath, a time of molding. And at the end, just like the way God cared for Elijah at Mount Carmel, a time of victory. Would you pray with me? Father, we are just so thrilled to know that you have not given up on people. That you are still the same God. You say a word and things happen, O oh Lord. You created when you spoke things to be. We know that Jesus spoke a word and the storms were calmed. You said a person's name and he walked out from his tomb, from being dead to alive. You said and you spoke and someone was healed, O Lord. And we still worship the same powerful, amazing, miracle-working, sovereign God. You can say those words and change our life circumstances. We thank you, Lord, that we understand today that you care for us. When we trust in you, you care for us, that you can be our refuge in times of trouble, that you, Lord, our God, are good all the time, no matter what our life circumstances are. We thank you, Lord, that these lessons would be, if anyone listening to this is in one of these stages, I pray, O oh Father, that they would be assured that you are with them, and that you're moving them to the next stage in life, deeper in you, growing in you, to understanding and experiencing you, dependent on you, that you would be their sustainer, you would be their provider, you would be their miracle worker, you would be their way ahead. I pray, O oh Lord, that you, our God, our way maker, would continue to lead us forward. We thank you for this beautiful life lesson from Elijah. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true and it's speaking to each one of us. Pray that you would continue to shape this into our lives and see all of what we read as a part of our life experience. We ask this in and through the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.